0: So, hi, welcome to an interesting experiment. This is a session zero for the next campaign for the Blizzard Watch folks. I don't know if we're still going to end up calling it the Blizzard Watch D&D Spectacular, but we'll find out. Uh, I'm Matt. No. I'm one of the two DMs. I heard a no from Liz just then.
1: Yeah, I think we're going um, with uh, some version of Tavern Watch, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, because that's the brand that's new fine. that we're doing Tavern with it.
2: Watch D&D Spectacular!
1: <laughs> yep. That's fine.
3: It's still going to be spectacular. I'm confident of that. But...
0: We're doing a few different things here. First off, this is a session zero. And if you don't know what a session zero is, the great thing is Joe is here. So I'm going to toss it over to him and he'll explain that. Um, Because I went for a walk today and after I walked seven kilometers, my throat's really scratchy. So we're going to... this is the glorious part about
1: having co-DMs. Yeah. Uh, so, for the other part of this is before I explain what the session zero is, is part of the experiment is Matt and I are going to be sharing DM duties, and what that means is we're going to trade off back and forth between Keep playing duties. A, yeah, uh, between playing a a interesting character, which we will explain when it's our turn, uh, and then running depending on you know what the whims are, how we're feeling, and stuff like that. We wanted it to be a little more. Ah. Uh, fluid, uh, because one of the, th- one of the biggest hurdles of running a game is sometimes you just can't, or something happens or your throat hurts or, uh, something pops up. And sometimes you just want to take a, take a step back, but it's not fair to other players. So now we can trade back and forth and it's great. Now, a Session Zero is something that I talk about a lot, Matt talks about a lot, and it's it's something that I've been really advocating for for a very, very long time in the hobby space. And it's where you sit down with your players and you have a discussion about, A, what type of game this is going to be, B, what everybody wants the game to be, and in our case, C, a heavy dose of world building, because that's the other part of the experiment here. Uh, we are... Making up very precious little before we get started, Uh, we want the world to not be predefined because everything you get for for most adventures, D&D, any game system, when you get an adventure out of the box, the world is pretty much defined for you. Uh, You don't have a whole lot of wiggle room unless you want to like really start like redlining things and rewriting things. So we decided what if we just started from the beginning with a communal experience where players get to inform us and selfishly, it helps us build that world, but it also helps us get your player engagement up uh, because if you're invested in a world that you've helped create, it makes it a little more special for everybody that's playing. So I think I'd, I think that hits all the buttons, Matt, yes? Yeah,
0: that's pretty much covering it. Uh, before we go on to the actual meat and potatoes of this, want to introduce the uh, people who are here. Obviously, myself and Joe, we just introduced ourselves, but we've got three other players, so I'm going to throw it over in alphabetical order here. So, Anne?
2: You would. I was just finishing my lunch. But hi, yes. I'm Anne Stickney. I don't write for Blizzard Watch anymore.
0: <laughs> nope, she doesn't.
2: <laughs> but, hey, I do love playing D&D, and this sounded really fascinating, and I really love the last campaign we did, so I'm back. I don't yep. know what I'm making yet, but
0: I'm back. Okay. Uh, we've already heard from her, but, well, you know, she- more than Mary. she's 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 welcome to speak. Liz.
3: Uh, hi, I am Liz, and all I am one hundred percent sure about about this campaign is I am playing a ranger, which <laughs> I decided, I decided this months ago when uh, Fizban's Treasury of Dragons came out. I'm like, I'm playing a dragon ranger. Yes. So, yeah, you were finally you were, my, my chance.
1: You were all over that class the minute it dropped. I I could hear I the was, light the light in your voice. It was fantastic.
3: I was ready for this. So, yes, we're going to talk about Dragon. And finally,
0: he uh, hasn't said anything yet, so I'm hoping he's actually here. Uh, Andrew?
4: Hi. Yes, I'm here. Okay. Uh, say hello.
0: Tell people who you are.
4: Uh, Andrew Powers. And I also don't know what I'm playing. I have several characters in mind kind of going, seeing what the rest of the group is and what kind of theme we're going with for the group.
0: All righty. So first up, uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about was that I am envisioning this game just as one of the two DMs. I'm envisioning this game as never going beyond PG-13. Yes. I am not really super comfortable with stuff getting past that point, especially when it becomes to like obvious gore and or sexual themes. That's just this is my personal take. I don't know how you guys feel about it. That's my comfort line, so I'm. That's can we where I swear? Would you can swear. Oh, that's fine. You, yeah, okay. Well,
1: no. Well, yes. If we're, you can swear, but if we're going to keep it PG thirteen rating, if, if you we're swear PG thirteen, I might have, have to do some editing. Yeah,
0: we, we might all. bleep you out or pirate ghost yeah. it. But you know, in terms of you playing as a character, never worry about if like you go, oh bleep, you know, we'll just bleep you. It's not a big okay. deal.
2: Um, or I could just come that, up with really and creative that, that swear what I words. Meant. I,
4: that was not what I meant by theme. I, I assumed that the site was PG thirteen. Yes.
0: No, no. I just I'm just telling people that this is one of the things you do in a, in a subject in a session zero is you give people the chance to say it for themselves. If there's anything that you that we've done in the past when we ran a game that made you uncomfortable, now is the time to say, hey, I really didn't like that. Don't do that.
1: Yeah, or things that you didn't enjoy or things that you wanted to see more of. Maybe there was something you did enjoy with the games that we've played so far that you'd like to see more of. Throw that our way. Like, we want to know your input to help build the world. Yeah. So, anybody?
2: I like the little secret side conversations. I think those are fun, but... Sometimes they go on a little long and we're just waiting for the thing to finish up. (laughs) So keep those like reefer.
1: So there's a counter argument or not, not a counter argument, but a a thing that I've been thinking about is particularly with those. And I think because of the medium that we're in, and I'm going to throw this out to the group, I agree with Anne. And I think that side conversations while cool for the listeners are not always cool for the participants. And this is something that I've struggled with in, in meet space as a DM is it, sometimes can be a disproportionate amount of time, depending on what you're actually talking about. However, if something does bar a side uh, comparison or, or a sidebar conversation, how would you feel about if that conversation necessarily wasn't a side conversation, but we rely on you guys to not metagame where instead of you being in a separate channel or being removed from it, you be still are an active listener uh, in that particular moment so that you're still involved and still have an idea of what's going on. And then we rely on you to basically just not act on that unless the player shares it.
2: Honestly, I liked it better in the separate channel just because I liked the surprise of it all, especially like with fizzle and the dang dragon. Like I had no idea what was going on until all hell broke loose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then it was fantastic. It was just that conversation that he had took kind of a long time. And we were just kind of twiddling our thumbs going, Doo, do, 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 waiting for y'all to come back.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's something that we will work on. Um, I definitely think that you've got a point about it. It, took, it took a very long time. And also, since Mitch isn't here, I don't foresee too many times where I have to suddenly play the arch destroyer of the campaign, <laughs> having a conversation <laughs> with a, a bard who just does not know when to quit. Um, but yeah, that's that's a fair point.
1: Uh, anybody else? Liz, Andrew. Let's start with Liz. Liz, what did you what did you like or what did you not like from the games that we've played so far?
3: Um, like certainly one thing I felt was sometimes an issue, and I don't think it's going to be an issue here because we have a pretty small group. Is that like um, you know one? It was really easy for one character to take the spotlight and you know kind of run with it, and we had times where. We didn't have a lot of interaction because one character was doing a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And we had we had a really big group. That was a large part of it, so it's hard to give everyone time. I think probably with a smaller group, that's going to be less of a problem because it's just so easy to go off in one direction with one character. And I know all of us are really excited characters, so it can just be really easy to take it away. And then sometimes it felt like, okay, sitting here, can I have anything to do and okay and you know i feel that way sometimes i'm sure everyone else feels that way sometimes no, that's uh, fair. Spe- and like especially when you were doing like little side stories with people which i thought were really cool and like you pulled them off but it's like okay i'm sitting here and i'm enjoying listening but my character has nothing to do
0: no that's that is fair one of the reasons that we want to have you guys more involved in the creative process is one yes. of the things we're going to talk about is ways to link your characters together mm-hmm uh, so that we don't just have to like do the standard, oh, you're in a tavern, or standard for me, oh, you wake up in a volcano. Um, <laughs> we want to actually have there be connections between your characters that you guys work out and think about mm-hmm. what they are. Uh, that's absolutely something we're hoping for. Um, so yeah, uh, anything else, on this before we move on, to Andrew?
3: Uh, no, that's the only thing that really comes to
0: mind. Okay, so yeah, that is definitely a fair thing to think about. In, in general, j- sidebars are are always hard. And it is something that we're we're cognizant of them being hard. Uh, But we're going to move on to Andrew. If you've got anything now, speak now or speak later, I guess. It's not getting married here.
4: Um, This one, I think one of the things, especially when a campaign goes on that long, I and also I joined late and I was listening in the beginning, although I don't know that I listened to every session, but sometimes I didn't follow particular points of the story and stuff. Related back to the past, and so I'm sitting there trying to piece together what what was that related to. So I think sometimes when stuff relates back to the past, a summary of what's going on helps because I have a feeling uh, there there'll be listeners that might not get the past as well. That it's easier for players that experienced it, but listeners who either don't remember from a while back or Maybe didn't listen to all the sessions. Won't remember everything that happened.
1: Yeah, that's well, I, that's something I yeah. heard from a few of our listeners as well. Um, just because, again, with long campaigns, you're right. So I think we can be a little bit better about that. I mean, I have ultimately, a question, go go ahead.
2: Kind of semi tangentially related to that, and by semi tangentially, I mean I know we don't have very many players this time around. Because, you know, not everybody has all the time to dedicate to, like, a really long campaign or whatever. Mm-hmm. How possible would it be to, if somebody wanted to hop in for, like, a session or two as, like, a guest?
0: They are absolutely welcome yeah. to do so. And in the, fact, okay. I'm looking to try and get people to do that.
1: So, cool. fun, funnily enough, and I have to talk with Matt about this at the back end of it, but we already have some folks that are asking if they can guest on here. Um, so,
0: Cool! Yeah, totally totally looking, that, that is something I would like to see happen. But, uh, okay, at this point... I think I will actually talk about something I want and, and something that I didn't feel like was happening as much as I wanted last time. And I understand it because it can be hard as a player to put yourself out there and, and put yourself forward. But a lot of times it turned into the Joe and, and Ann show last time. And that's not bad. Yeah. But, I'm sorry though. <laughs> no. We tend it, to be
1: uh, forceful personalities. And, and yeah. the
0: other half of the time it was the Mitch show. And that's, you know, cuz Mitch, when Mitch feels like he is not getting enough focus, Mitch will be like what if I destroy something beautiful? What, will the, you know, he yeah. is like, he's like a cat.
1: Yeah, he's either going like, to be chasing know. he's going to be chasing the plastic bag in the wind or blowing something up. There's no in between. Yeah.
0: So, he isn't here and it's a smaller group. Since it's a smaller group, we're like we're going to have two two players who rotate DM duties and three players who are going to be pretty consistent and then hopefully some guests. What I'm hoping is that you guys will all feel the ability to come forward and role play and it, put your character out there. Um I, I felt really bad about Kanahe not getting a lot of story last time. And I kept trying to find ways to bring Kanahe in and Corey's character too, but it just they just didn't happen. Corey's character got nothing, and I felt I have felt bad about it since then. So Corey's this, character
3: he got a cool magic sword. The magic sword was really
0: yeah, was, yeah, the magic oh, axe.
2: Yeah, okay.
0: See, but that's not the same thing. I you mean, you get the
2: and, backstory stuff. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and so I'm hoping partially by making you guys do part of the work of world building and partially by just there being less of us that more pe- people will get more time to focus. Um that is just something I'm hoping for as a DM.
3: I feel like <sighs> Part of that too was that we started off that campaign and we're like, we're gonna do a one-shot. We're gonna do a really cool, fun one shot. Yeah. We <laughs> played for like two years.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I had no idea that was going to happen. Um
3: so so I we didn't I don't think we all had really developed backstory. I had a little bit for Kanahe, but I didn't have a lot. And I'm not sure I ever really got a feel for her character or what she wanted because the way I created her was kind of like, she's just like, why am I here? Who are these people? I just, I'm not enjoying any of this. Yeah.
1: I think Which that,
3: isn't the kind of character that's, you know, necessarily going to drive story or get involved, if that makes sense. So I think no, that was a problem on my end also.
1: I think the, yes. one, the one shot to campaign was our biggest our biggest pitfall. Oh, yeah. Oh, because, yeah. Because, you know, it's, it's easy to have a one shot where you don't really have to worry about your character or what your character is. Um, and then sort of fall into it. Like I'll, I'll throw it out there too. Like this, that's the second awkward time that that's happened to, to me and trying to figure out what my character is on the fly over the course of whatever it was. Uh, I played in a game where I guessed it as a one shot and the players wouldn't let my character die, which was always the intention. (laughs) And so I wound up sticking around for a little bit and it was weird and awkward because the character wasn't designed for that. It didn't have a backstory that was really deep or anything like that. And it made it really, really awkward. Um, and it's kind of the same thing that we sort of fell into there where, you know, I kind of I think I gave Matt three paragraphs, if that, like not, yeah. not a whole lot. Like, oh, yeah, I'm from Piedor and I'm a professor. There you go. And, and like, I don't know what the rest of you got gave him, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't like this huge, like 10 page backstory because uh-uh. we all had no idea what our characters were. So this this I think gives us an opportunity to not have that problem. I think it's you collectively, we can decide not only what the characters are and know that we're going in for a longer game. Not Necessarily, we don't know how long it's going to be, but then also build the world around it so that you can place your character in it. That makes the most sense and sort of have that sort of buy in, which I think is going to be really important. Oh, one more thing before I turn it over to Joe.
0: I want everyone's characters to start at third level. Mm-hmm. because okay. third level is when you any class get his has its kit by then like you get yes. to pick your subclass so liz was talking about how she wants to play a dragon ranger Dragons. i don't see the point of making her play two levels as just not a dragon ranger to get to dragon ranger you know what i'm saying i so, i had an
3: idea for that if we were starting yeah. at level one but yeah no
0: i wanted to i want people to get their subclass right away also yeah. third level means that I can put in harder monsters and not worry so much about killing you. And well, that is a real problem because I have, I'm going to just tell you guys this at several times during that last campaign, I put in what I thought was a reasonable challenge and realized I was going to murder you about two, <laughs> two rounds into it. And so I had to abort whole sections of that campaign. Like whole, whole fights did not happen because I'm like, Oh, they're going to die. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping to get a better sense of it this time. I'm more familiar with fifth edition after running it for you guys for like two years. So I think I have a better grasp on what you'll, you know, what you'll do and what I can come up with and so forth. I I know that this is the group that one time counterspelled my counterspellings (laughs) counterspell. So I know how you guys think to a degree. So I think if we start at third level, there's a good chance that I can, Flow around it.
2: I love how you're like, man, I almost killed you guys several times over. And then at the same time, you were like, why don't you guys want to go to Peonore?
4: Yeah, I know. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Although, I always, I I know uh, with the group IDM, I tend to uh, either like hold back or think, oh, yeah, this looks too dangerous. And then I think I I take it too easy on them. I I always, I don't know. Maybe you should throw out like the risk of death just to see. I, I gotta be upfront with you, with man.
0: Them? I came up like my first D and D that I DM'd was was old box D and D, the the basic Expert Companion Master Ooh. Immortal set D and D. So I'm actually like unlearning the whole thing where my DM tries the DM tries to murder you. Like I used to to just <laughs> kill people wholesale. So I've been unlearning that over the few years. Yeah. And as a result, I'm I still tend to go with oh they can take a hundred kobolds. And then, like, no, no, five kobolds are hard. No, I, 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 really need to realign what I'm thinking here. But as we, I will be saying that as we go on, I do want to, to fl- like play around with the structure of D and D and see what you guys can and can't deal with. It's one of the things I'm looking forward to. But at this point, I'm going to have Joe say what he's looking for as a DM and a player.
1: So one of the other things that I really like is when players come up with interesting solutions to puzzles or even combat, and I, i f- Firmly believe that, and and you guys can tell me if you agree, disagree, or this is not something you want, please interact with this. Uh, it's one of those things where I don't necessarily think that combat should be black and white as far as like, it's just combat, just roll dice and figure out what's going on. If you have an interesting idea to interact with the environment or use a spell in a creative way or something like that, I want to see a little bit more of that because I think that's when D and D is it's most fun. Are you using, you know, uh sleet storm to make snowballs to throw at an elemental or something like that? Because it, it you found out that cold does more damage to it. Uh, but it happened to move out of your sphere of influence for the spell. Sure, go for it. Like, I want to see weird, wacky, creative ways to use what you have available to you. Um, Not saying that you have to, but I'm just saying, like, I don't want to restrict you and feel like you can't do that. You want to see if you can pull a gargoyle down in the middle of combat on a bunch of kobolds that are running around. OK, let's see if we can figure out how to do that. I want it to be a little more free flowing, a little more um, less restricted by the actual rules as written, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. So I don't know how you guys feel about something like that. As the other DM, I support this idea, but you guys,
0: if you don't want to deal with it, let us know.
3: I I enjoy solving problems. I enjoy solving problems using polymorph and weird animals. Exactly, Uh, Yeah. Yeah. There there was a brief time where I played a druid in a campaign, and I was just always going nuts with like, okay, if I summon this animal, or if I shapeshift into this animal, then I can do this and... (laughs) So, yeah.
2: Now might be so, a good time to mention that I'm really seriously thinking about playing a druid. <laughs> yeah.
0: Totally fine. Whatever you want to play, that's that's good with us. In-
3: I have advice on driving your kids <laughs> crazy as a druid. I, I have great advice for you.
1: <laughs> um, the other thing that to, to, I really want to start encouraging, like Matt pointed out that I'm a very yes and DM. And I am. I very much am. I like the the collaborative aspects of it. I'd like to see you guys sort of do more... Add on stuff so you feel free to jump in. And like, I'm going to try to do things where I give you the more opportunity to do the description of what happens when your character does something because I think there's a certain amount of fun with that. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Liz, I know that you watch Critical Role, I'm, I'm sure um, others of you do as well. <laughs> yes, uh, but one of the, the things that Matt Mercer does that a lot of us uh, have been doing for years is when you kill a BBE, um, you or a BBG you go ahead and let the player describe how it terminates like how does how does that finish out or you get through a particularly stressful situation you throw it over to the 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 players to let them give time to describe it not because i'm a lazy dm but it's your character it's your flourish it's your cinematic moment i kind of want to make sure you have it right something i've always done
0: uh but i've you know have to kind of remind myself to do it is if you get a critical hit Feel free to talk about how you what you do in that critical mm-hmm. flourish, like you know, yeah, explain it. It's not, you know, the dice have said you got a 20. That's great. What do you do? And that's perfectly, if you're just not comfortable with it, that's fine. But if you feel like, yeah, I'm gonna stand up and talk about how cool my character is right now, that's what that's for, you know. Why not take that moment? That's something that I would like to see more, yeah. But I think at this point. I want to move on to talk what we have got for you guys, uh, for the Weirs, to, to give you a, the basic framework to start on. And uh, I'll just be upfront. I did most of the writing of this uh, because Joe is busy. And I'm also that kind of person who sits down and just, oh, hey, I've got an hour I should be doing something with. I'll just write a thing about the game for no reason other than I'm nuts. So...
2: Three Did pages, you, but
0: to, be, yeah, to it, be to
1: be fair, he, you do send it to me, and we do talk, so it's awesome. no, no,
0: I, absolutely. That's not. I wasn't saying that you didn't have any feedback on it. I'm just saying uh, I am the guy who sits down and writes handouts because I'm that kind of person. Um, you guys got the handout, so I don't feel like I need to break up too much of it for you. Uh, but I will talk about the the setting. The setting of the Weirs is it's basically kind of pre-industrial, but it's heading towards industrial. It is a it's a small but growing city on the both sides of a river, the river Dane, and the river Dane is, it's a pretty big trade river. It runs from the North and West to the South and East of the continent. We're on, which has not been named and won't be named for a while um, until like, you know, the, the game has been on for a bit and maybe one of you will come up with a really cool name for it. and I'll be like, yes, that works. Um, but it is essentially, I don't want to say no man's land. Imagine if it was like Samarkand, Where you've got all these nations to the east, and you've got all these nations to the west, and this is the place between them. And as a result, a whole lot of people come through the area. There's an ancient ruin not too far from it called the uh, Cenotaph Gardens. That was for originally people came here to exploit that. There were people who would just come here to go into those old ruins because, you know, for every 10 people who went in there and never came out and no one ever heard from them again, there's one guy who came out and like, I have a magic or destiny changing sword. Or I found this, you know, mysterious artifact that can tell the future or, you know, I just found a lot of gold. Um, Well, the guy with a lot of gold, yeah, that people are really interested in when people come out with a lot of gold. The first thing people want to do is is get that gold from them uh via banditry perhaps or possibly via trade and that's how the place started after that because it was in such a good place the weirs as at the time it was known as wagner's doom uh basically just got bigger and became a trade hub people would come down from the north with like furs and so forth to trade to the people in the south people would come from the 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 far east to trade with the people from the west and at the same time these interfluxes of trade and and people you know meeting each other and so forth were having effects very distant from the area um as a result when the people in the east united into a very big powerful nation the uh they drove a lot of people out who didn't want to be ruled by that big powerful nation and they headed west because they were trying to get away from the empire on the other side the nations of the west were like we don't want them coming east because you know they, we don't want them coming from the east. So they sent people to basically build a small settlement to watch and, and take steps in case they thought they were going to get conquered next. All of this ended up with the now city of the Weirs. Uh, it is basically built around certain kind of technology that they only really have in the south that was brought up here because the southern traders were like, look, I'm tired of having to go all the way up there And then bring all that stuff back and bring it down here so we can do something with it. Why don't we just build a mercantile city? And we'll build big mills driven on water wheels. And that way, that'll that'll power the mills. We don't have to worry about it anymore. And we can do all the manufacturing up there. And that's why the Weirs is getting bigger and more powerful. Because it is becoming not just a trade hub. It's also... At this point, it's its own trade city. It, it They make the goods. You don't have to bring the goods all the way back home. You bring them here. They get made into stuff here. And then the, the, good, the, the manufactured goods are sent out. And that's causing an economic boom. And that's also causing all sorts of problems. And that's where your characters are coming in. Because... There's monsters to the ruins in the north, and there's nature spirits that are annoyed that these giant you know, water wheels have been built in the river, effectively taming the river, which is an enormous wild force. Some of the people in the area worship the river, um, so they're annoyed about that. There's the fact that the people in the east have finished uniting, they're, all their conquests in the east are done, and now they're thinking they would like to expand again. There's only one direction to go, and that's west. And that's where the Weirs currently sits. And they don't want to be conquered or ruled by a foreign power. Um, and, of course, the people who are west of them also don't want the Weirs to be ruled by a foreign power. Both because it would cost them money and because they don't want the the foreign empire coming to them and conquering them. So there's a lot of intrigue and political maneuvering. Uh, that's the basic setting. Uh, if you want to play anything from any D&D book, mm-hmm. go for it because people from all over the world come through here.
1: Yeah, we're not restricting is, it at all.
0: Yeah, it's it's like Casablanca with with you know cobalt. That that is this is where people come when they want to get away, when they want to, to strike it rich, when they want to start a new life, they come here. Um
2: I'm going to be so, three cobalts in a trench coat. That is fine. <laughs> there's a character sheet for not that. Not really. <laughs>
1: yeah. There's there's literally a character sheet for that. But
0: that's my that's my like nickel and dime, you know, quick synopsis of the area. And now we throw it over to you guys. What do you want to play? I'm gonna start with Liz actually, because Liz is the closest to having a character conception.
3: Uh well I have I have ideas. Um I I definitely want to play a Dragon Ranger. A Drake warden it's called, which is in the Fizzbands book that was released late last year. Um and I had the idea that my character was from some like rural, isolated area with like these folk traditions that didn't exactly worship dragons, but revered dragons. Okay. Like and and maybe they're somewhere near a dragon, like a place where dragons are, like mountains or I don't know.
0: There's mountains and, nearby, so we could absolutely work that out.
3: Uh um so a Drake Warden is meant to be like a uh, like, you bond with the spirit of a, a, like, mystical dragon and kind of, like, summon this spirit thing. But I was thinking You're that- Hanzo!
1: <laughs> Kinda. Uh,
3: a little bit, a little bit, except <laughs> cooler. Because
1: you, you, you can eventually ride the dragon.
3: Oh, yes, man, that is cooler than Hanzo. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. D- but I had this Based idea. Based on those Heroes
0: of the Storm trailers with Hanzo and Alex Straza, I'm sure he might have actually gotten to. Quote, whoa, Straza whoa, track. whoa.
1: PG-13, sir. <laughs> whoa. <laughs> Fade to black. We're done.
0: I'm uh- <laughs> oh, sorry. I just got done playing Mass Effect 1 where <laughs> Shepard turns to Kaiden and says, you know, you know, Kaiden, I haven't really had the pleasure of you serving under me yet. Uh... So, but yes. So go ahead, Liz. <laughs>
3: Um, but I, but I had this idea that maybe it's more literal and she actually has a dragon age, a dragon. See, now you've got me thinking about BioWare and now <laughs> I'm all off. I, she actually had a dragon age and she's a dragon. Is this like crazy too much? What do y'all think? What, what
0: do you mean by that? I didn't quite hear it. So you um, had a dragon, uh, literally of, a dragon of, egg?
1: Instead of being a physical or a, a manifestation of spirit, you're talking about having a physical companion, right? Yes. Yeah, I think that could work. Yeah, I'm fine Um, with that too.
3: Uh, but like, I was thinking, you know, maybe, like, maybe either this place she was in was destroyed, or maybe it was attacked by I don't know, like other dragons, and she like rescued this one egg, and she has this one dragon, and it's like, she's like on her own now because this little settlement she lived in near this like dragon rookery area has kind of been destroyed by something. And she got out and she has like this egg. Well, since
0: you're going to be level three uh, at this point, I would say that the egg has hatched.
3: Uh, Yeah. I think at level three, you have like, you have like a small,
0: like a
3: small dragon you can summon.
0: Yeah. Yeah, So I'm going to say that the dragon has hatched and it is currently, um, I don't, in, I've never actually stopped to think about I, Most campaigns, Dragons, baby dragons are fed by their parents going out and hunting food and dropping uh, it in front true, of
3: them. True, true.
0: So you're going to have to feed it,
2: but hmm. that's fine. But I think yeah. that you... you feed you, it, and you have to clean up after it. <laughs> yes, oh, yeah, it's a big responsibility,
1: yeah, a, a baby dragon. Yeah. But you coming from a town that is essentially... Because I've been taking notes uh, from you coming from a town that is essentially a folk tradition rookery you have that knowledge so it's not yeah. something that really you know how to do it without disrupting those around you you know how to do it without causing
0: they a, just have any animal handling right y- they do uh, yeah i'm going to just yeah. say that that would be under animal handling i
1: speed. would agree okay
3: and uh yeah i just she has this like long tradition where you know they revere dragons you know you might ask for a dragon's blessing or something like that in times of crisis you know just uh not mm, I I don't think of it as quite religious. It's just like this old, old folk tradition that they've all followed and they're kind of used to having dragons in the sky overhead. And it was some kind of non-threatening type of dragon.
0: Well, based on the fact that there was like an actual dragon egg that you got to grab, I'm going to argue that it would make sense if your village was under the protection of a dragon.
1: Mm -hmm.
3: Yeah.
0: And that whatever happened and we can work more on it later, it seems possible that an evil dragon has now come in and taken over the area. And has done so by it- killing the the previous dragon, I and like that it. you have you have the uh, the heir, so to speak, with you. That is what you are carrying. That is the dragon that you are bonded with. Is the rightful heir to the previous good dragon that was holding the. Your Maybe town. it
2: was the only one left.
0: Liz, yeah. mm-hmm. Liz, do you know what color your dragon is?
3: I haven't decided yet.
0: Oh, one thing, mm-hmm. I don't do. Dragon colors equal dragon alignment.
1: Correct. I don't do that either. Yeah, we talked no. about that already.
0: Yeah. So if you want to have a like color dragon, like a red dragon or a blue dragon, they are not necessarily evil. And okay. Gold dragons or silver dragons are not necessarily good. Yeah.
3: Okay. I need to think about that one.
0: Yeah. Feel free to. Uh, the, you don't have to. I right now, nobody has to leave this session with your character already done and ready to go. We're just trying not what to. This is about.
1: We're just trying to throw out ideas so we can bounce off each other and sort of figure out like what direction we want to go in a little bit, right? It doesn't Why don't have to we, be-
0: Joe? why don't we explain what we're going to do so that they, they can look at how weird our thing is and realize that,
1: you know, they don't have to worry. Yeah. Do you, do you want me to do it? Or do you want to do it?
0: You start off with yours and then I'll explain what I'm doing.
1: Okay. So the, the core concept for Matt and I is that we are going to be inhabiting the same physical body. Um, and we're going to be doing this by playing a Warforged, but not just a typical Warforged. Uh, I think we decided that it was going to be basically a reliquary of souls.
0: Yes, a soul reliquary. That's exactly what oh, we Oh, man.
1: So we have multiple personalities that take over as far as uh, stewardship goes, depending on the uh, what's going on around us. And we decided that I think at the end of it, Matt was going to be the more aggressive, more combat focused uh, portion of the personality. And I was going to be taking over more of the uh, defensive personality. The class is yet to be determined for me. It's going to depend on what you guys feel like playing. So I'm kind of waiting to see what everybody else wants to do. And I'm going to sort of fill in defensively based off of that. Um, but that was the core concept was, you know, we're different people but same body, and when one of us takes over, the body will actually physically morph into whatever representation of that personality is there. Um, yeah,
0: one of the benefits of this is that if, for whatever reason, one or the both of us decides we're a little tired of playing the character we're playing now, we, can we will just start playing another one who lives in there. So if you've seen Doom Patrol,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, that's <laughs> the, the character of Crazy Jane, That that's kind of what I'm thinking for this.
1: Yeah, we're, we're the robot man version of Jane.
0: Yeah, if Robot Man and Jane were the same person, that's that's what it is. So that's that's where we're kind of going. Uh, the characters that we're going to play to start are basically built around defending or or protecting a group, and we'll be looking for a group to do that for. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I know I'm probably going to play a paladin because I haven't played a paladin in a while, and we haven't had a group with a paladin in a, like ever. Uh, so. I'm thinking of Paladin for me. That's where I'm going to go to start.
1: And I'm leaning pretty heavily towards Bard as a buff defensive sort of class because it has healing capabilities. Jack of all trades. Jack yeah. of all trades has the ability to fill in certain gaps and and help shepherd the party while also doing things like Song of Rest and other th- other stuff like that where it's beneficial but not necessarily doesn't have to be combat focused.
0: Yeah. So that's what we're thinking about. I'm going to throw it over to Andrew because he hasn't talked in a bit. Anything you're thinking of, dude?
4: Okay. Well. Uh, this one sounded crazy, but I don't know, maybe after that, not so crazy. <laughs> it's a, a, It'd be custom lineage. It's a mixture of many different races, like Tabaxi, uh, Leonin, um, Haragon. Uh, Her- There's maybe a Nolan there, but they all combine to be really cute. It would be uh, creation bards. Maybe Joe doesn't want to play a bard, but... Uh, basically they all come down and it's uh, cute and it uses this magic for kind of uh, cartoon physics. And basically it's an Animaniac, like one of the Warner brothers is kind of <laughs> oh. what it was going for. Um, it, would, it wouldn't would be very combat focused. It would be more, um, yeah, kind of party buff. Going. Hey, you're a
0: Pokemon.
1: It was,
4: yeah. So that, that was one of my ideas. It'd be more, I'd, kind of put the burden on me to be more funny and fun with it. Uh, the second one, which I think is more um, uh, campaign focus, would also be a bard. This one would be a uh, half-elf, uh, College of Swords, He uh, raised by his mother who was an elf. He doesn't know who his father is, but he insists that his father was a god, and that's where he came from. So I felt that this would be a little more way to explore the lore as he talks about what gods exist in this world and who his father might have been. And he was uh, raised to uh, work with uh, or yeah, work with nobility. And so he's kind of set out to explore and get involved and to, to get out there. And while he was trained in combat, he's also there to sort of meet nobility. And then the third one, if... The group wanted to be more kind of on the evil side. I was thinking a tabaxi shadow monk that was uh, more trained to be part of this like dark cult and to sort of get in there. Normally he worked alone, but his backstory would go more into a particular assignment that he just can't uh, figure out where to go. So that's why he needed to get involved with other people to help him out. And that's why he's joined up. With this group so those were the three characters in my mind
0: okay well i mean we're not gonna pressure you to pick one now uh think about what you want to do and get back to us uh I, I think i can make any of those work
1: we can definitely uh, make any yeah, of them work yeah
0: the animaniac one i would mess with you i'll be upfront. i would mess with you um because the the second i, I you just handed me the possibility of a freakazoid based character showing up in this campaign i will take it
1: i just i'm just imagining matt breaking out his old slapstick comics
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm. You're. You're gonna get some of that, but regardless, yeah. Whatever you think, Philly like you want to do, go ahead and think about it. The custom lineage thing is fine, by the way. I don't. If any of you want to use custom lineage, feel free to. It is not a problem.
4: Yep. Um. Yeah, I just got to think like what works best with the other groups. So I'm trying to think. Okay, so she's, uh, raising a dragon. Like I, I think like probably the other like my second one, the, uh, half elf. Bar, it just kind of goes in with it it seems more like traditional
0: if that's what you want to do style uh you don't have to you know the other one doesn't have to be in an evil group by the way mm-hmm. uh, we can have a character who's slightly more sinister it's not a big deal
1: i think we should also talk about that a little bit too is like i don't i don't really like hard and fast alignment yeah and i don't know how you guys feel about it i think it's a little too, uh, too i'm okay with I'm
0: okay with people using of an alignment. If that helps them, Yeah. if you want to pick an alignment because it helps you get a a line on how your character would act and behave. That's totally cool. I am not going to hold you to it. Exactly. That's it. I
2: usually do. I usually, when I'm doing my character, I do alignment ish. Yeah. That's (laughs) that's that's fine. Yeah. They're kind of this thing, but not maybe not all the time, but that's kind of where they lean most of the time. Yeah.
0: because I understand it, it can be helpful for people to to get a handle on. Well, I'm you know I'm chaotic good, so I d- wouldn't do that. That's fine. But I'm not going to sit here and like, oh, you're not acting chaotic enough. No, that yeah,
4: because is- sometimes I think I always play my characters the same way, so I have to like get like kind of an idea of okay, what would yeah. they do?
0: That's fine, and that's if that's how you want to use it. Go for it. But I know from Joe and I are talking. Uh, one of the things that Joe has pointed out a, a lot of times is that people don't think of themselves as evil. Mm -hmm. very often. There's very few people, and the people that do think of themselves as evil are usually the least evil people you meet because they're like, oh, God, I'm so evil. It's like you were rude to a cashier. (laughs) Calm down. (laughs) That's not great. I'm not saying, yeah, be rude to cashiers, but I mean, there's literally genocide happening. You're you're way down here. So keep that in mind. It's a relative Uh, scale
1: is really what it was down to.
0: And I think that we're both on the board of like, you know, if you run into a group of kobolds, they might just be kobolds out kobolding. They're not they're not monsters they're not you know not necessarily malevolent just because they they're a humanoid in a, in a D game
1: and um, and part of that is also to make sure that you guys have that option available to you so if you decide you want to play like a absolutely. kobold uh wizard or whatever feel free like you're not it's not just going to be an evil class or an evil race or something like it's not not some traditional like tropey type stuff with that i guess yeah be absolutely Mm-hmm.
0: that's yeah i think we're that's one of the things we want to do is let people feel free to play whatever if you yeah. want to play a drow you know a drow cleric of the god of base of pastries go for it um although i don't actually have any that's the other thing is, if you guys decide you want to play a cleric or anything where there's a relationship to the gods you're making up those gods because i have not done that i don't know who the gods in this setting are i've not done any work on it this is yeah, going to be us yes,
4: discovering it atreus well, god god I, I was thinking of with uh um with the half elf, that I was like, yeah, that would be help with world building. Cause then if he's like seeking certain gods or something, then that kind of spreads the yeah. that part of the lore.
0: That's fine. Uh, but yeah, sh- you know, go ahead. Uh, but I think at this point we're going to throw it to you, Anne.
2: Okay. So I've been kind of like bantering about in my head while listening to you guys. And I'm thinking that I, I do definitely want to do a druid because I liked the whole idea of the river being like super important. And that felt like something that a nature-based class would be interested in. Not necessarily as one of the people who's like super invested and in worships the river or anything, but somebody who's oh. like invested in protecting the natural resources and that kind of thing. Um, and I was trying to figure out what race I wanted to go with. And then you said drow. And I'm like, what would a drow druid look like?
0: <laughs> Depending on the kind of druid too, though. I mean, your, your, drow, I know, druid, right? your, your drow druid could just be like any druid, except you know they're really into not being out during the day as much.
2: Yeah, or maybe during the day they turn into an animal because that's how they deal with the sunlight. Sunlight, yeah. yeah. Um, which also sounded kind of interesting. Um, still not one hundred percent like.
0: Both, uh, I'm going to say right now, for so people know, both Drow and Shadar Kai are perfectly acceptable choices for an elf okay. character. Like, if you want to play an elf, we will come up with like a way to make it work, however you want it to work.
2: I just thought the Drow thing might be interesting because I hadn't actually like played one of those before that's right. and they featured i mean yeah i'm super into critical role whatever so <laughs> they featured really heavily in campaign Two, and i thought that that was like a really fascinating treatment of the society um where it wasn't you know oh they're living in the underdark and they're all evil or whatever there was like yeah. actually stuff going on and character development going on and it was an empire like a fully fleshed out thing and i'm like yeah see that's the kind of design that I'm behind. I, I like that where it's not just, oh, this is a generic evil race or whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's, that's something they've actually done at wizards of the coast anyway. So, yeah. and I'm, I'm totally on board with it. Um, I had not actually stopped and thought about like what the dry were doing in the world at all, because I didn't know when you guys were thinking about playing one, but as soon as you, if you actually do play one, we will come up with something. Uh,
2: yeah. And I wasn't necessarily concerned with God so much as thinking about like a Loa based thing Mm
0: -hmm,
4: mm
2: there which is kind of god adjacent but like well i don't know if i want to use the word loa
0: yeah not loa but you know what i mean like i get what you're talking about yeah spirits nature you know that sort of thing absolutely
2: nature deities if we want to go like that route
0: like one possibility could be well one in one of my previous campaigns i had a thing called the uh the great mother and the animal fathers okay the great mother was essentially the the mother spirit of all living things it was the the world and every animal in it the animal fathers were basically all of the the spirits that gave rise to and were born from various animal groups.
2: Okay, that so, sounds cool.
0: So like when the great mother would show up in as in wolf form, she would be escorted by the animal father of the wolves. Um when when she would show up as like a polar bear, same deal. Uh th- you know, big three tusked elephant, same deal. It was always the same great mother, but she had different consorts she just for assumed different, different- yeah.
2: Okay, yeah. And yeah. The main reason I said Loa is because all of you play World of Warcraft. So no, no, yeah, we all, you know immediately yeah. what oh, I mean. Yeah, we knew what you
0: meant. <laughs> well, they're just, also
1: a real life thing in, in Haitian culture. So. Yeah,
0: that's why I'm yeah. kind of wanting to stay away from actually yeah. using that word. But no, I totally understand what you're going for. But yeah, so that's that's actually something we could totally Wild
2: gods, on. I guess, is the way to look at it. That's another word for them. We're I just can ancient, steal that. You there's... know, yeah.
0: But yeah, we'll, we'll, work on how you want to do that. I like- if, if you decide you want to do a drow, we will definitely come up with how that, how your character interacts with them. Uh, I, in fact, for, in fact, we can build the drow culture together. One of the things I'd like to see is instead of a drow being treated as, Oh, they're evil. It's just more along the lines of drow decided to go into the underdark and that's where they live. And they've adapted to that or not. If we want to do something else, um, You don't have to be in the Underdark.
2: I also like the idea of, like, kind of theming my characters, like, shape-shifting and summoning and that kind of thing to Mm -hmm. races, like, critters and things that you would find underground or nocturnal.
0: Yeah, totally. Absolutely something we can work on. Okay.
2: Anyway, so, yeah, basically her big thing is... The river is very interesting. She's very invested in it and would like it to stay the same way it is and doesn't really want anybody to conquer it. So she's 100% behind. Yeah. Let's go ahead and protect what's here.
0: That makes sense. All right. One of the things we could do is the, the river is enormous. It is like the, it's like the Danube yeah. in Europe. Um, so it's quite possible that it has whole stretches that are underground because the Skyholm mountains are right next to the wares. They're mm-hmm. like, like a day's March. Ooh, okay. Yeah. So it's quite possible that the reason you've come up from wherever you are underground. And the thing is there's elves in the Skyhome mountains, uh, the hammerkin elves who are big on smithing and, and ore crafting and mining. And you could, you know, the drow of the area could very well be part of that group. Uh, if we wanted to do that, or they could just be allies. They could like, you know, trade with them. Like you have the ores and, and minerals underground that you can extract without harming the area. Cause you're, Bunch of druids down there, bring them up, and the hammer can make stuff out of them. And then, like here, we made you magic swords. Uh, so there could be a a relationship a a hook the there. Yeah, yeah, that, that that's one thing we could do. But yeah, that's so. So far, we've got the the dragon druid, which I think, and dragon uh, ranger, that's just really cool. I think definitely think we can make that work. Do you have any idea liz about what kind of like what
3: race you wanted to play? See, that's what I've been going back and forth on. I just don't know. Do y'all have any suggestions? I mean, one thing
0: would be Dragonborn because that would make sense. Yeah. That dragonborn would look to dragons, uh, oh. but you don't have to do that if it's too stereotypical. There's always Warforged, nice. which is an example I use constantly. <laughs>
1: Everybody should be a Warforged all the time.
3: Uh. Warforged revere dragons. Hmm. Why
1: not? They revere a big see... Warforged. I mean, we're dragon. we're, we're, we're Warforged is just a giant collection of souls that have died. I mean, you go for it. Why not?
2: <laughs> I want to see a Dragonborn that looks like. Snake-like, like a whip or a cloud serpent, that kind of a dragonborn.
0: It's certainly possible. You can just everybody does like the
2: everybody always does the you know big blocky stocky dragonborn, which look really cool and everything. But I'm like, what if there was one that was just like really anyway?
0: Well, remember also, they also they introduced <laughs> the the uh, new kind of dragonborn in in yeah, as well. Mm-hmm. Oh really? And, yeah, there's the uh, there's still the the ones that are based on the colored dragons. There's ones based on metallic dragons. And now there's gem dragons. One. Yep. Ooh. So feel free to play any of them uh, and your yeah. dragon companion could be based on any of them.
3: Hmm. Yeah, I just I've just been going back and forth because at first, first I was thinking dragonborn and then I'm like, well, maybe I'm just a human. Well, that's, maybe if you want to
0: do a human, that is totally fine. Uh, pretty much anything you want to do is fine. It's just that uh, I really feel like people don't always get the chance to play the stuff that's a little weirder. Yeah. So if you want to do something a little weirder, that is totally something we will make work for you.
2: I'm sitting and here then, going, "Ooh, the gem dragon thing would like they are really into, cool. the, Well, it would tie into the whole mining aspect and all of that stuff that's going being on. Of up in the
1: mountains as well, too. Yeah. Why? Why maybe your particular dragon that was uh, stewarding your rookery. Uh, why they settled there. Maybe they're a gem dragon. That's why those gems are there. That's why those elves have leaned towards mining or because that dragon existing has, uh, or previously existing there uh, helped foster sort of the natural generation of that. And maybe that's a point of conflict. Maybe now that that dragon has gone, maybe now other, that, that rookery is gone. We can define what that gone is later. Maybe that's starting to affect uh, the, the mining elves. Maybe that's starting to affect the area of the mountains, maybe that's partially why, um, you know, Anne's character came to the surface, because clearly there's a disruption in the natural flow of things, uh, the way that things have been established or, or have been going for X amount of time uh, and came out to see what was going on. And then things are weirder than anticipated. Uh, maybe that's a good hook. I, I I think that could be a lot of fun, potentially.
2: My character would treat your baby dragon with the utmost respect (laughs) (laughs) because it's Uh, a mini god animal spirit cool thing.
3: (laughs) uh, Yeah, and my character kind of has this reverence of dragons. I have this uh, concept that she's a little older and she's had a fair amount of experience with dragons. So Mm -hmm. she doesn't like she's at this point where she's known dragons for long enough that she doesn't think of them as like gods. These are just usually very old being with a lot of experience and wisdom and knowledge, but they aren't like some kind of all powerful, all seeing godlike creature. So she kind of uh, keeps it down to earth, I guess with her conception of dragon. She's kind of moved on from this like idea that some people in this folk culture have a worshiping dragon. Like, okay. a dragon it is just the d-
2: dynamic between your character and mine. Really interesting. It, yeah. That <laughs> like-
1: would, I think that's, this sounds like this would be a very good interplay.
3: Yeah, it's like, okay, a dragon is just a person, and they can be really smart, but they can also be idiots, and <laughs> since she has a young dragon, it's probably it's an on idiot. the idiot side, uh, and it's never probably really quite been trained on how to be a dragon, because she has they it, just hatched, she's yeah. not, yeah, and she's not a dragon, even though she knows dragons.
1: So basically, it's one of Toothless's idiot kids, got it.
3: Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right, yeah, you, don't like you don't have to decide.
0: You don't have to decide on a race now, but if you like Dragonborn, that that that's there for you.
3: Oh yeah, I like a, the new Dragonborn are also really really cool. So yeah, yeah, I think probably a Dragonborn. Okay,
0: uh, so right now, Andrew, you're leaning towards the uh, the half elf who thinks his dad was a god.
4: I think so, and you said the elves live in that same mountain then, right? Yeah,
0: Skyhome Mountains is the home of the uh, the Hammerkin dwarves. I mean, Hammerkin elves.
4: Yeah, that, the, that do
0: a that, lot of mining and so forth.
4: That works too.
0: Yeah, meeting up with you. Alright, so that actually gives us a pretty good idea of what we're going to have for a party. Uh, We know that we're going to possibly have a druid, possibly have a a Drake ranger, a Drake warden ranger, possibly have a bard, and possibly have a character who switches between what might be a bard, and almost certainly is a paladin. Uh, So, fair amount of options there. Uh, Yeah, I think that's a pretty good... This is the point where you guys kind of have to go off and and think by yourselves, and... uh, (laughs) Start sending me and Joe emails, and we start you know, hammering out what your characters are and aren't. Uh, yeah. Well, our I think goal is our goal is to give you the choice.
1: There's one other thing I think we need to do before we 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 start buttoning up, though. Too. Mm-hmm. What type of game do you guys want to see?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to let Joe talk here because I'm terrible at shutting up, so I'm going <laughs> to let him do it.
1: No, no, you're fine. Um what type of game do you guys want to see? And what I mean by that is there's a lot of different ways to play D&D. We talk about it a lot on Tavern Watch. We talk a lot about it in just work chat. Do you want something that leans more heavily towards RP? Do you want something that leans more heavily towards cinematic moments? Do you want something that leans more towards dungeon crawling? What type of thing appeals to you as a player? And I'm going to start with Andrew. You have a preference.
4: I tend to really like story and uh by that i mean like i really like uh a main story where um i don't particularly like like i like my character I have kind of background and stuff but i really like to just kind of be a participant to uh kind of hear a main story and to be like a little bit influence on it but like combat's kind of there to participate in once in a while, but more to um, to kind of see the main story as it unfolds, to be like an active uh, audience member in the story, I guess is the way to say it.
1: Okay. Uh, Liz?
3: Um, I definitely like stories and RP. I, I enjoy when there are, um, like when combat isn't always the answer or maybe going in and throwing a punch or throwing a spell or shooting an arrow, like that's not necessarily... The first thing to do, like you were talking about like creative use of spells mm-hmm. and uh, it, so, yeah, I kind of enjoy uh, sort of puzzle solving, like approaching things from weird angles and uh, kind of playing around rather than just necessarily going in and like, okay, I went in and started punching. <laughs>
1: okay. And.
2: You know me, I'm, like, so far up into story. Like, that's, like, my jam. (laughs) The RP stuff is totally my jam.
1: Never would have guessed in a million years. Never would
2: have guessed that in a million years. But I also, actually, I really enjoy combat. Like, I enjoy rolling the dice and going, oh, my God, I got a one. Or, oh, my God, I got a natural 20. You know, that's always, like, super fun with me. As long as it's not, like, overpowering all, but, like, a balance between the two, I'm cool with.
1: Okay, so... Everybody seems to be on the same page, which is really, really great. You love to see that during a session zero. Um, I can go ahead and throw it to Matt and see if you have a preference as a, a player uh, or a DM, what you want to see or what you, well, what you get most out of. let's be
0: upfront. As a DM, I am the guy who sets something up in session one and waits and waits and waits to see who triggers it. <laughs> and then you get to like session 19 of the campaign and you're like haha you're in PR anyway sons of it you know that, that's, that's me I am no, that guy
1: he's never gonna let it go never gonna let it go yeah never let it go
2: also um, that druid that you ran into like once he's there
1: Yeah, remember that <laughs> druid from episode one there he is he nods knowingly um, remember that
0: that that yankee you freed from that room with the dragon yeah right here he is riding that dragon helping you out um <laughs> So uh, that's me. That's what I like as a DM. I, I like to to put things in the game and see where you guys go with. Um, as a player, I straight up like hitting things. Like I yeah. I, I, I do like to role play. I, I think it's pretty established that I like to role play, but I do like the combat aspect. I do like melee combat. Um, it's one of the reasons I'm talking paladin and not wizard.
1: You just um, want to smite crit something into oblivion.
0: Yeah, well, <laughs> plus, that's absolutely true. Yeah, totally. Uh, but also, I don't one of the things I don't like about caster classes in D and D is that the magic system is still real complicated.
1: Yeah. And
0: I, I, so I tend to avoid playing those. Um, I don't mind you guys playing them because as a DM, I have tools to deal with it, but as a player, I get like, you know, Oh God, we're, what level are we now? Oh man, what spells do I have? Oh yeah. I I totally forgot. I have dimension. Door. That's
2: why I lean towards like combat classes. So Druid's going to be different for me, but we'll see how I do with it.
0: I think you'll do well because druid is really good at at mixing an approach. Like if you decide you want to go like full on shape change all the time, you can go Circle of the Moon, and then you can just really lean into shapeshifting. So I do think druids are good that way. Or you could go spore druid, have giant fungus monsters, and you know that that's that's (laughs) you can do that too. Whatever you want, druids are really flexible.
1: Yeah, and they've added a lot of subclasses that are really neat as well too over the course of like just the last year, even Uh, last couple years in particular between Tasha's and uh xanatars and and even i think there's some new druid stuff inside of fizzbands as well there's a lot of really cool like druid subclass options for uh balance or if you want to be more combat heavy they have ones that are way more combat focused um that use their their shape changing aggressively for that and their spells aggressively for that Mm -hmm. there's a lot of cool options
0: if you're not going to play a monk the best class to break the game with is
2: druid
1: I would agree. <laughs> Monk is
2: monks even are better. Super OP. Yeah. yeah.
0: Monks
1: nobody believes I literally I was so talking about good. this last night and nobody believes me, and I don't understand why. Monks are the most broken. They haven't class seen it early. happen. They haven't no, seen you it. You have
2: to it, it you have to work up to it once you get up there and you start picking up all like, the sneaky stuff. It's not, just crazy. Not even at
0: fourth or fifth level, monks right. can be nightmares. Not, Ask Liz because she's been running the the candle <laughs> game for us. Every time really? my character steps up, it's just nightmare for for for
1: people. Yeah. Not, not to not to sidetrack, but like I was talking last night about like somebody and how they feel about like legendary resistances on like certain encounters and and feels like it's unfair because it, it feels like it takes away from uh caster classes and i'm just like you've never had a monk in your group you've never yeah. had a monk who is who is <laughs> stunning strike on every single attack and force you to burn all three legendary resistances in a single turn you no you know
0: <laughs> yeah
1: no it's it's true
0: monks are monks are
1: nightmares
4: um
0: but i'm kind of glad none of you seem to want to play one <laughs> if one of you does <laughs> i'm going to be really sad
4: I, well that, that was, was one of my choices but i didn't that was
2: also I was, one of the, that was the other thing I was leaning to, but I think I'm going to go through it though. Cause I, I just, I like the idea of the whole nature aspect of it all.
1: And I do like the idea and I'm kind of, I think I am going to do a bard because it, I think it would play well with Andrew's character. And I think we would have some very interesting interactions. Like when I'm driving the character, you know, he's trying to find out about all these gods and, and fill in the pantheon who knows how many hundreds of years ago I lived, uh, what stories I can tell the things that we could trade back and forth, almost like a, I don't want to say like a mentorship, but like I can literally become a repository of information for another character, which was kind of the whole idea of being the sort of repository of souls. Yep. And I, I really like that idea.
0: All right. Uh, before we end this, I actually do have some other stuff to, to throw out there. Um, one of the things that we haven't talked about quite yet is with the last campaign. It's fair to say I was kind of liberal with magic items. I feel like I could say that. <laughs> I was just kind of throwing them at you guys.
1: What? no. You mean uh, the ones we got in session one?
0: Oh. Well, I, I was actually thinking more along the lines of the multiple artifacts I brought into and out of the game. Yeah. yeah but to be um, fair,
1: you wanted Mitch to become Vecna.
2: I had like two yeah. of them. Yeah. I, I
0: was. <laughs> one I was of them that I never happen.
2: used. I gave it to my mom because I was like, here, I didn't use this.
0: Yeah. It so, had a
2: wish on it and I didn't yeah. use it. <laughs>
0: I'm thinking that that will be slower this time. Um, but I do want to do something I've seen in other games. And, and if you guys don't like this, we don't have to do it. But I would think something I would like is to have every character start with one magic item, mm-hmm. a reasonable one. Nothing mm-hmm. like ridiculously powerful. And it can, in fact, it could be something like in like the, uh, I forget the name of it, the emulative of Tongues? Is that what it's called? Whatever it is that allows you to speak, like comprehend languages, the Helm of Comprehend Languages. Yeah. It could be something like that. It could be a magic weapon. It would be a plus one, nothing, nothing more, um, but or like a like a plus one piece of armor or something, or like you know bracers of defense, or like a you know just just like one little thing. It doesn't have to be like super weak just to get through, but it doesn't have to be super powerful either. But make it part of your backstory. Make it part of your character's story. Do you think guys think you would like that, or would you rather not deal with it?
3: No, I like that idea a lot, Liz. Uh yeah, I think that's pretty cool. I mean this kind of history of dragons with dragons and maybe she she came out with some sort of, I don't know, something. I'll think about it.
0: Yeah. And, and it could be something as simple as like uh give something that allows you to talk to dragons or whatever. I don't you know, the comprehensive language thing would work for that. But just keep that out there. That's that's an idea. Uh so Andrew, you okay with that?
4: Yeah, can it be like a bag of holding or is that too crazy?
0: Hmm. <laughs> probably not a full fledged bag of holding. There are like lesser items that have some of that ability. You probably have something like Aversack. that. Haversack. Yeah, the, the, the Hubert's have have heart you the Haversack. You could have something like that. A bag of holding is a bit much.
1: A bag of okay. holding is also a very dangerous item for low level play because you can actually kill a lot of things <laughs> with a bag of holding. Yeah. <laughs> <that's true. laughs>
2: I'm going to take that cobalt and I'm just going to stuff it in the bag. Of holding.
1: I I had a party that that was their primary way of dealing with villains was to give that bag of holding to the thief and get it around its head.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's the bag of holding is something that.
1: Yeah,
2: I I'm have not- a question that's related to D&D Beyond, if that's OK. okay. Please. So um, I'm on the character creation screen and it has the character builder and it has a list of like sources that you can choose from. And I have homebrew content, Magic the Gathering, and Eberron checkmarked. But there's also critical role content, Rick and Morty content, which I'm assuming we're not diving into, and then non-core D&D content. Do I need to check any of those? Check all of them. Just check all of them. All
0: of them? them? Rick and Morty don't really worry about. There's nothing all that interesting in there. But if you want to do it, go ahead.
2: I'm going to skip the Rick and Morty because that makes no sense. Um, And then also there's a thing there that says optional features where it says optional class features and customize your origin. I'm assuming we want that.
1: Customize your origin allows you to do the custom lineage stuff, so yes. Yeah, so go for that.
2: And the optional Mm -hmm. class features? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm.
1: Because if you get to a... Sorry, go ahead, Liz.
3: I'm pretty sure one or the other of those lets you apply the Ashes rules to characterization, which basically means instead of using whatever's in the player's handbook, you can say, no, my character's different and has these stats. Uh, like if yeah you instead to of your, if you're,
0: yeah if your character has like a like a bonus to dexterity but you're going to be wearing like full plate and hitting things with a giant sword you can move the bonus to dexterity over to constitution or strength
2: or mm-hmm, whatever mm-hmm. i'm assuming that we're doing milestone advancement
0: yeah yeah. yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah
2: and then are we using encumbrance is that going to be a thing i never use encumbrance i i think but... i've
1: i think i've checked once and that was like Yeah. Like, if you guys are
0: doing nuts things, like if you're like, "I'm gonna carry this entire entire dragon back to town," (laughs) then I will say, "No, you're not."
1: Yeah, Uh, (laughs) we're we're (laughs) gonna (laughs) rely on your (laughs) common. We're gonna rely on everybody's common sense. I think.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't feel like telling you no. You you have to like you know you can't bring all that gold back to town because it would cost. It would weigh ten thousand pounds. If I gave you that much gold, then you can have that much gold.
2: Okay. Um, Cool. Thank you. That's all I needed to know.
0: Trust me, if we were worrying about encumbrance, then when you were carrying around a gigantic machine gun, that would have been a problem.
2: Drow is not listed under elf. That's weird.
1: Uh, it, it is, is listed as Drow. It's listed as Drow, it should be its own thing.
2: Oh, okay.
1: I think. It's been a while.
2: No, it's not. Wonder if Oh would... all... yeah, this is all um
1: Then you might just have in... to do uh, you might just have to do Elf custom lineage. We can play around with it later and figure it out.
2: Okay. I'll figure it out. It might be uh, I know you you will
0: have them when Mordenkainens comes out and we have yeah. access
2: to it because they're in Mordenkainens. Sure. Oh, in Dark sure Elf is that Drow?
0: Dark elves are drow, yeah.
2: Okay. All right, it's just listed as a Dark Elf. That's oh, that would why. Ex- Okay. There it is, Dark Elf parentheses, Drow. Fine. Okay, got it. All
0: right. But yeah, I think at this point um you, unless you th- want to like roll stats while we're here just for the fun of it. You can do that if you want to. I was quite frankly I would want to let people just roll dice. Yeah. Like I, mean, I, I don't like character dice building is fun. Yeah. Character point building is fine. If you're really worried about having characters, all be even, I'm not that worried about that for you guys. Uh, so you can use the dice roller in D and D beyond. Yeah. They have one, or you can just roll some dice on your table, write down what you get and then put them in there manually.
1: Yeah. I'm just I
2: I'm have I'm, so deal. many dice. Now you guys, he'd be proud <laughs> of me. I have so I have a big bag with so many dice in it. <laughs>
1: well, welcome to the dice goblin club. Yeah, it's 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 frightening. Uh, I'm probably just gonna use a, a standard point by system or, or mm-hmm. standard array because I it again it doesn't really matter.
0: Yeah. Uh, but if you want to roll dice, I'm totally okay with it. Um try not to go nuts with me. Like if you show up if you show up with like a bunch of night of a bunch of eighteens, <laughs> I'm gonna be like uh, you yeah, got- no. <laughs> yeah. You got five 18s? I mean, all right. I've had that happen. So I know that it can happen, but I didn't use them because my, I knew that nobody was going to believe me.
1: My very first <laughs> D&D character that I rolled myself was back in second edition and back then when you rolled an 18 for for strength, you had to roll percentile dice. Oh yeah. Um because you couldn't just go to 19 or higher. There was that that's not how it worked back then. So and it was 3d6 you get what you get and that was the way that they rolled it back then i rolled an in you rolled your stats in order i rolled an 18 on stat uh for strength and i rolled percentile dice to see what it was and it was an 87 and the dm decided at that point he was going to make me a target i was 14
0: (laughs) 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 yeah
1: dms dms were like that back then
0: uh so yeah um go ahead and and roll like if you want to make your character go ahead Uh, I'm less interested in the stats you come up with in the class. That's all up to you. I would like to get an email from everybody. Uh, I may send an email out to everybody so we can start talking about like how your characters know each other. Uh, We've gotten some good progress on that here today. The idea that, you know, each character Mm -hmm, has mm -hmm. their reason for coming up and it's related to this. I'm actually thinking I might make Liz's origin story kind of tie in, as Joe was talking about it, like, why one of the reasons bad stuff is happening in the area is related to Liz's origin story.
1: Yeah, I, I, I like I that think it, idea a lot. I think it slots in really well and would also really, it would affect the, the the weirs, it would affect trade, it would also affect uh, the geopolitical state of things as well. Because yeah, if, if there's the a fr- big
0: dragon just got taken out.
1: Not well, not even that. If, there, if, if the friendly dragon is gone and there's an angry dragon that might be potentially in the way, that changes the dynamic, right? Like, yeah, I, absolutely. I like this. I like this complication.
3: Like, how far outside of the weirs is, are we saying this mountain range is? It's not
0: super far, but it's far enough. Mm-hmm. It would be like a couple days travel. Mm-hmm.
1: You can see it from the weirs, but you got to travel.
0: Like it's actually the weirs, uh, the forest around the weirs, the Cenotaph Gardens, which is this big ruin that no one knows where it comes from or when it was there, who, who settled it, when it was built. Even the elves are like, ah, that was here when we got here. So <laughs> that's there. Past that, you go like a day's travel. And you hit the foothills of the of the Skyhome Mountains, mm-hmm. and then the Skyhome Mountains are enormous. And th- th- in fact, they're such a, they're so big that they form a natural barrier. No one has ever come down through the overland. They only come down from the north via the river. The the mountains are just impassable to most people. They're they're that's one of the reasons Track dragons home in them because
1: mm-hmm.
0: they're so big. It's like yeah. you know they're impressive, and dragons like to be impressive. Even even good dragons like to be impressive. So. That's probably why your
2: your settlement was up there. I have another question. Sure. There's an optional feature manager for Druid that has um, basically it's like um, it says wild you resistive? don't. No, it says you don't gain features here automatically. Consulting with your DM, you decide whether to gain a feature in the section if you meet the level requirement noted in the features description. Um, one of them is additional Druid spells that I'm not really interested in, but for second level, uh, is wild companion. Where you can summon an animal that's like your friend, it's a spirit that assumes an animal form as an action. You can expend a use of your wild shape to cast the find familiar spell, basically without material components. Can I take that? Or
1: I don't, I don't see a problem with it. Yeah, I don't see a problem with okay. it.
2: It just seemed like an interesting. Um, yeah, so thing that's to throw that's, in another, there.
1: that's another thing that that um, is in the game now that I don't think a lot of people have have really talked about, especially with Strixhaven. Um, is everybody can have a familiar now? Uh, it's one of those things where there's yeah. <laughs> there is, there is a feat that you can take. There's there is optional stuff that you can take that allows basically every every class has access to find My monk has somewhere. a familiar. Yeah. Um, yeah. But they they have uh, like Strixhaven has literally it's like I forgot what's like mascot or whatever they call it. But they have a translation in it where any class can use it. It's really, really. Cool. Um, so if that's something that I personally am OK with, if everybody wants to have a familiar, I mean, technically, Liz has a uh companion that could act as a familiar because of the way that those rules work with casting spells through the dragon which is awesome um yeah so there's tons of options we can have it's great yeah
0: you could also yeah whatever you want to do we're we're willing to work on here
3: okay there's also uh wildfire druids who have a wildfire spirit companion Mm -hmm. which is i think that's a really cool subclass
1: and one that doesn't get a whole lot of play either for what I'm seeing, which is And if
3: you wanted to play cool. that, but you wanted to keep
0: it themed in with like being a Drow from the Underdark, you could totally be like a cold fire druid and we'd still make it work.
1: So fire from <laughs> the gates of Hades. Yeah, it'd be perfectly fine.
2: <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm kind of looking at the other stuff and going, hmm, what fits things? But yeah, that that, can wait, I think.
1: And that's one of the, the the things too is there's because there are so many optional things, we really want to just focus on like core composition, core concept for the characters. Everything else we can work with, as far as and Mac can stop me if I'm I'm wrong here, but we can work with the minutia of it in between here and when we actually have session one.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I no, I don't disagree with that at all. Uh, that is, in fact, one of the things that's fun about D and D sometimes is sitting down with somebody and coming up with ways to make the character work. Totally not a problem.
2: Cool. Okay. Yeah, those were the those were just the the few things on D and D beyond that I had like a question about because I wasn't sure. <laughs> which campaign we were using or which source books we were using, that kind of thing. If, it, if
0: it's been published, we're using it. Okay. Yep. And as soon as Mordenkainen's comes out, uh, it'll be I, added to the yeah, mix. Yeah. As soon as we can. Okay.
2: When is that? That's soon, isn't it? Technically so,
0: it's dropping uh, on the 25th, but I don't think we'll have no,
2: access to it. No, either. it's not. Okay. It's, uh, oh, it's like in March.
3: No, no, the no. no. Oh. The D and D beyond Here's... content
1: will be available in, uh, when the, the collectors no. stuff works.
3: The thing is, there's a uh, collected volume that's coming out near the end of this month, and that will include the new Canyons book. Mm-hmm. But the book itself is not being released until March on its own. So you can buy the book in this collector's pack, which is like $150, or you have to wait until March to get access to the book. It's not yeah. DB. Okay.
0: So we'll be waiting so- a bit on that. But I mean, if, if there's something in there you see and you really want uh we can work on a way to try and get it worked in i, I can always create stuff in D beyond and add it mm-hmm. and you can put it in and then later on we can take it out when the the real stuff releases i did that for theros actually because there are certain abilities that you can get in theros that weren't in the they weren't in D D beyond yet so i put them in that's doable just talk to us about it
1: okay yeah. And, and, and I want to really stress that anything you guys want to do, talk to us about, well, I really want this to be you guys going wild. I I want mm-hmm. this to be wild fun. You get to do whatever you want within reason uh, and just have a blast. I really want that.
0: I mean, and I'm going to say as looking at this, I'm really happy that the Liz and Anthony has conversation just created a whole new plot hook for me. Indeed. That's brilliant. That is great. Um I'm, so looking forward to creating the town that Liz comes from and de- detailing exactly what happened to it. That's going to be a lot of fun. Um yeah, especially if you do go with the Gem Dragonborn, we can work on a lot of that stuff, but even if you're not, we can still make it work. It's not a problem.
3: Uh yeah, I'm I'm going to do the Gem Dragon. Okay. So just I'm going to go with Wee! Amethyst.
1: Yes, Amethyst the best. Ooh. It was always my favorite for obvious reasons. Maybe if you know me. Reasons.
0: But yeah, okay. Um, Joe, anything else you can think of? Or should we at this point break and let people go off to think about the characters?
1: I think this is a really good place to to call it. So I think we just do one last round for you guys to see if you have any other questions or anything you want to talk about before we uh, do our outro.
2: I think I'm good.
1: Andrew?
4: Um, I think I'm good for now. I'll have to work on name, backstory, and send that out this week.
3: Alrighty. Fantastic. Uh, Liz? I got nothing.
0: (laughs) Alright. Well, Joe is going to have to go and work on his character, and then I'll go look at his character, and I'll figure out how my character is in the same body, but completely different. That's going to be interesting. Um,
1: yeah, you and I, but, I, have, I have ideas. we got to talk.
0: Yeah, we, we should chat about it. Um, yeah. But this has been cool. I'm actually really glad we did this. I'm glad we set up some ground rules and got everybody thinking about what they want to do. Um, However, I'm having a hard time remembering the outro. So, Joe, I know you have to talk now. So.
1: <laughs> uh, Blizzard Watch and Tavern Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash Blizzard Watch. Your continued support means this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to our podcast. Better chance in having your question answered on our podcast or the queue and an ads-free site experience.
0: Thank you, Joe. And also very much thank you to Anne, Andrew, and Liz for coming on and, and having these conversations with us because it isn't actually playing. So we get why some people don't like doing it, but I think it's really important for setting up what the next campaign is going to, uh, you
2: know, the funny part, what I could have rattled off that, in, that outro from memory. Yeah. I I, <laughs> Still. <figure>. Yeah, I, <laughs> I was
0: actually thinking we should have had you do it just, you know, for old time's sake, but <laughs> Anyway, yeah, this has been a little special presentation from Blizzard Watch and Tavern Watch. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening to this. Um, we will not be back next week because yes. we don't know when we'll that's, be back. That's not how this works. Yes,
3: we'll we're doing uh, Wild Beyond the Witchlight next. Week. Just yes, not this we.
0: This group will not yes. be back next week. What? Next Next week is group? next week is you running? Also, by not the way, going. I wanted to uh, we, we forgot about it. I wanted to mention this. If at some point you decide you want to run a session of this you are welcome to do so all three of you. If you ever get the itch to run a a session, just talk to me and Joe and we Mm -hmm. will find a way to give you a session. And if absolutely no problem,
1: I don't know everybody's background in it, but I I think Andrew, you've run games, Liz, I know you've run games and have you ever run a game?
2: No, never.
1: (laughs) So, I mean, we're also here to be a resource for that learning experience as well. Uh, So if you have questions, if you want to do it, dive in, uh, Feel free, like we we can talk about it and do it. I think it'd be I think it'd be neat. Yep, but
0: we're gonna stop the stream now. So if you've been here with us, thank you guys for listening, and be back next week for the Witch Lake game, because we have got a lot of stuff to do in that Witch Lake.
1: game. Oh yeah, we do.
0: <laughs> oh boy, oh boy, I don't know what. <laughs> Take it easy, everybody.
1: Bye, everybody.